that was the show. See you soon. See ya. RT8K News. It's one o'clock on Benche, the top stories. As the Hong Kong Palace Museum opens its doors to the public, Culture, Sports and Tourism Secretary Kelvin Young says it showcases Hong Kong's unique cultural advantages. The observatory says the strong wind signal number, th- number three remains in force in the wake of Typhoon Chaba, but may be lowered sometime this afternoon. And overseas fighting intensifies around Lysychansk as Russian forces try to take the only remaining city in Ukraine's Luhansk region not under their control. The Hong Kong Palace Museum opened its doors to the public at 9 a.m. this morning. More than a dozen visitors queued up for more than an hour in advance. Kelly Yu reports. While some of the visitors complained that the signage at the museum wasn't very clear, others said they were eager to take a look at the exhibitions. It was scheduled to open on Saturday, but was postponed due to Typhoon Chaba. The new culture, sports and tourism secretary, Kevin Young, said the opening had been smooth. He said he believed the museum could make use of Hong Kong's unique cultural advantages under one country, two systems, to tell the Hong Kong story well. Mr. Yang also said the museum will allow Hong Kong residents to learn more about Chinese culture and nurture their sense of national identity. The museum's chairman, Bernard Chen, said around 80% of the tickets available for July had been sold and that more than 100,000 tickets will be handed out to the underprivileged. The observatory says the strong wind signal number three remains in force in the wake of Typhoon Chaba, but may be lowered sometime this afternoon depending on local wind conditions. The storm has made landfall and weakened into a tropical cyclone. Separately, the government flying service said at least three people were rescued from a shipwreck during the typhoon. More than two dozen seamen were said to still be missing or awaiting rescue after the vessel broke in two, about 300 kilometers southwest of Hong Kong yesterday morning. Morning. Overseas, fighting appears to be intensifying around Lysychansk as Russian forces try to take the only remaining city in Ukraine's Luhansk region not under their control. A spokesman for the Ukrainian National Guard denied claims that Russian-backed fighters had now encircled the city. Moscow has made slow but steady gains in recent weeks. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky said brutal hostilities continued right along the front line. There is a sense of relaxation in many rear cities now, but the war is not over. It is there. Unfortunately, its brutality sometimes only grows, and we must not forget about it. Israel says it's intercepted three unarmed drones launched by the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah towards an Israeli gas rig in the Mediterranean's Karish gas field. Ownership of the field is disputed between Israel and Lebanon. Israel's new caretaker, Prime Minister Yair Lapid, had a general warning for those wishing to harm Israel. I stand before you at this moment and say to everyone seeking our demise, from Gaza to Tehran, from the shores of Lebanon to Syria, don't test us. Israel knows how to use its strength against every threat, against every enemy. Hezbollah has confirmed it launched the drones as part of what it called a reconnaissance mission. 
thousands of residents have been ordered to evacuate their homes in southwest Sydney as the area contends with torrential rain and threats of flooding. The Australian Weather Bureau warned the heavy rainfall could lead to flash floods and landslides along the east coast. Dean Storey is the Assistant Commissioner for the New South Wales Emergency Service. It's going to be a very busy day for the SES and our emergency service partners and so we're really asking the community to assist us by maintaining your local awareness and monitor your local weather forecasts. If you're asked to prepare to evacuate, please do. Uh, if you're ordered to evacuate, please leave immediately. It's quite a dangerous weather system we're currently experiencing and it's going to continue for, for a couple of days at least. In the past day, 29 people have been rescued from floodwaters. And on to the weather. Strong southerly winds at first in the afternoon, gutsy at times. Gusty at times, occasionally gales on high ground. Winds will moderate gradually, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and thunderstorms. And seas will be rough with swells at first. The outlook, occasional showers and thunderstorms in the next couple of days. But the weather will improve gradually in the latter part of this week. Currently, it's 30 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is standing at 80%. You've got the strong wind signal number three still in force. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now five minutes past one. Uzbekistan has declared a state of emergency in its semi-autonomous western region of Karakalpakstan near the Aral Sea after large demonstrations broke out on Friday. The protests by thousands of people in the regional capital Nukus were sparked by planned constitutional changes which would have removed Karakalpakstan's right to secede from Uzbekistan. The BBC's Ian McWilliams reports. The Uzbek president, Shavkat Mirziyoyev, visiting the region, has now said that Karakal Pakistan's status would not be changed. The authorities also said they'd arrested the protest leaders and restored calm in Nukus. The Karakal Paks are a Central Asian people who've inhabited the Khorezm oasis south of the Aral Sea for centuries. Once an important centre for trade, science and Islamic philosophy on the Silk Road, the region has fallen on hard times, especially with the environmental degradation of the Aral Sea and it has often chafed under the authoritarian rule of Tashkent. Religious leaders and tribal elders who have been holding a three-day meeting in the Afghan capital, Kabul, have called on the international community to recognize the Taliban government and lift all sanctions. Around 3,000 clerics attended the men-only conference, which was organized by the militant group. A final resolution warned against any opposition to Taliban rule. Abdul Rahman Yazi was a delegate from the East. Any armed opposition, rebellion or corruption against this system, it's obligatory for the emirate and the nation to remove such a person. Also, any opposition to the ruling Islamic system that conflicts with Islamic law and national interests is a crime and is illegal. Police in Nigeria have rescued 77 people, mostly children, from a church where they had been confined in the southwestern state of Ondo. Some are believed to have been there for months. From Abuja, here's the BBC's Ishaq Khalid. A police spokesperson told the BBC the church had been raided after a mother complained to the police that her children were missing and that she suspected they were in there. The Nigerian authorities say the victims, children and adults, had been invited to the church by clerics who told them that the second coming of Jesus was expected in April. The children left their schools to witness the event, but when nothing came to pass, they were told Jesus was not now expected until September. Many of the children looked bewildered when they were rescued. 
Police say they are investigating suspected mass abduction. The pastor of the church and his deputy have been arrested while the victims have been taken into care by the authorities. The church has not yet commented publicly. To sport and in tennis, Iga Sviantek has been dumped out of Wimbledon in straight sets by French veteran Alize Cornet, ending the world number one's 37-match winning streak. Here's the BBC's Lydia Campbell with more on that and some other third-round upsets. Everywhere Iga Sviantek goes, the Polish follow. She has been rocking all over the tennis world, winning her last six tournaments. Surely this was only going one way. Or perhaps not. Before anyone could blink, Alize Cornet had taken the first set, threatening an almighty upset on court one. And it only got worse in the second for Sviantec. Not only was Cornet playing the match of her dreams, but Sviantec was helping her along the way. And then it was all over. Sviantec's 37-match unbeaten run halted. Over on centre court, there was a chance to pay respect to sports stars and armed forces alike. But then it was down to business. Coco Goff knows this court well, and she got the better of fellow American Amanda Anasimova in a topsy-turvy first set. But the second belonged to Anasimova. She had an answer for everything Goff threw at her. A lot has been expected of Goff since she beat Venus Williams on her Wimbledon debut three years ago, but today was all about her opponent. The third set was over quickly, with Anna Samova breaking new ground at Wimbledon. So a day for underdogs at Wimbledon, and the women's draw thrown wide open. To end the news, the top stories again. As the Hong Kong Palace Museum opens its doors to the public, Culture, Sports and Tourism Secretary Kevin Young says it showcases Hong Kong's unique cultural advantages. And the observatory says the strong wind signal number three remains in force in the wake of Typhoon Chaba, but may be lowered sometime this afternoon. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.